Welcome to the Game of Thrones podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for the Game of Thrones on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we we just watched uh, season five, episode four, entitled "The Sons of the Harpy." What do you think of this? I man, I'm a I'm a I'm, I'm a, a ship capsized at sea. I hope I can swim ashore. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, Sir Barristan might be dead. Yep. Grey Worm, Grey Worm might, might be, be dead. dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus. That is a that's a that's a gut punch. Yeah, uh, wars are being started. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of of shit happening in this episode. Yeah, uh, I kind of felt like maybe Game of Thrones this season had not been as eventful as I wanted it to be. After coming off of last season, it's where hard. it was like I, every single episode was sure. like major character death. Yeah, uh, here's the retribution we want to see on Joffrey. Like, yeah, all of this stuff happened. No, it's going to be hard to top last season because every two to three episodes there was a finale worthy climax. Uh, I thought this this finale of of this episode was pretty good. The last, yeah, it's, that's uh, something I wanted to see though, and it's no, but it was awesome. <laughs> and I don't, I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm shocked. I they. It seems like they're both dead, you know, giving medieval technology and medicine and the amount of stabbing that went on and the age, <laughs> especially of, of Barrison. Yeah. But, you know, uh, if he died, if he's dead, he went out like a badass. Uh, they did. I was worried going into that battle that, oh, this guy's going to look like he's 50 years old. No, he, he did pulled it. a Yoda. He uh-huh. was fast. I don't know if it was just the like between cuts he would just be huffing and puffing like an old man and then bring it for the shot but like, like the man said it in worked. season one even now i could cut you down like so much butter yeah it totally worked for me um it's, it's, yeah i mean i guess so i get how, before, how do you feel if they're both dead i well i mean i'm like, shocked as a book because reader, i'm sure you have knowledge but yeah i mean that's the thing like so these guys uh, God, i don't know what to do here <laughs> uh if they're both everything's dead, mildly interesting Go to hell, Jim Jones. It's all mildly interesting. <laughs> For me, the grief is too near. I'm pulling a Legolas here. Uh, I don't know what to say. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm shocked. I'm excited. It shakes things up. So it certainly does. So this might be, you know, the key that Danny needs to unlock Dario being awesome because it's the seems way like let yeah the way that they set up him knowing how to hunt these sons of the harpy yeah is perfect now if both of these guys are dead and it also kind of greases the wheels to get Sir Jorah and Tyrion back in her good graces uh-huh. because she is now down two badasses and one seasoned advisor although mm-hmm. again we've all we said that you know Selmy is a warrior more than a uh, someone that gives counsel, but you know he's lived a long and interesting life. Yeah, there was a lot of really great character scenes uh, for him and Daenerys talking about her brother. Mm. Um, I thought Stannis and, and Shireen was fantastic and very true to what I understand to be Stannis's character. Okay, like he does have a heart; <laughs> it's just really buried deep, and he doesn't know yeah. exactly how to express it. He's more concerned with where the piece on the map goes, yeah. most, most of the time. But yeah. he let his guard down here. Yeah, and I like Jorah and Tyrion. That seems to be. I mean, I enjoyed their interactions surprisingly more than I enjoyed uh, him and Varys. Uh, we don't know what the hell happened to Varys. Mm. No, this this episode, Varys is probably I would say pulling his hair out, running around looking for Tyrion. But <laughs> is it possible? Is it possible that Varys and Ser Jorah were in this somehow together? Man, I've thought 
I've I've considered the possibility that the road to Marine is in fact Jorah, and that's who he's talking about and what he's talking about. But the way it goes down, yeah, didn't feel like that. You're at right. All. And the way Varys reacts to Tyrion leaving the room, yes, uh, in that last episode, doesn't feel like that was a plan. That's that's the evidence against. Yeah. The evidence for is. Of course, Jorah is just kind of stone-faced anyway, but he had gave really no reaction to Tyrion's right-on guesses about who he was and yeah. his relationship. And I also like that's a great scene for Tyrion because it shows mm-hmm. you in the first time in a long time just how smart he is. He's kind of like Sherlock Holmes in yeah. all this stuff. It was great. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I, know my if his mind plan... is reeling. I don't. Um... Yeah, I'm I'm torn by what Tyrion says. I think it's maybe the best plan he could possibly come up with, even if it's not a great one. Yeah. Right? Like, Jorah doesn't have a lot of options at this point. <laughs> I yeah. guess he could go back to King's Landing and try to he deal with Cersei, but that... that... I mean, he loves yeah. Daenerys, and yeah. he thinks you'll be a good queen, so mm-hmm. he's got to do something to work that angle or die trying, so... Yeah. Yeah, as as Tyrion points out, not the world's greatest plan, and it could easily go the other way for him, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, um... Man. I wonder how much of that is Tyrion being like, you know, I'm a smooth talker, and you get me in a room with Danny, she's probably not going to take your side, because <laughs> you're already on the outs. Yeah. I can talk circles around you. <laughs> sure. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm better not with sure. women. I'm... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. no, I, it's a pr- pretty good promise. Yeah, yeah. The other interesting thing, or at least what I feel is probably the second most interesting thing in this episode... Are the sparrows? Sure. Uh, speaking of letting people off the leash, sure. Wow, they wreak some havoc in King's Landing. They do at Cersei's behest, obviously. And we see now what Cersei's not so long con was because this all took place in a few episodes. Yeah, but yeah, she she. I mean, can we? If this so this is her grand scheme to get revenge is to imprison mm-hmm. Sir Sir uh, Loras. Yeah. On you know charges of homosexuality. Um, do, it seems extremely foolhardy to rearm. I mean, you know, they, he talks about that they haven't been armed for two centuries. Well, the reason I mean, there's there's <laughs> some backstory if you want to look it up. But the reason it is is it's a bad idea to give fanatics a bunch of uh, mm. weapons and official. Permission to go, as you say, wreak havoc. It's just, uh, you yeah. know, that that was put down a long, long time ago because the king's like, this is ridiculous. This is bullshit. And she has set these guys loose on King's, Land- King's Landing and, in fact, the whole realm. I also wonder because, you know, when the king went to confront the High Sparrow, he was indisposed. Mm-hmm. I, I started, my wheel started spinning. I wonder if, um, you know... If, if we think about the last we our first impressions of the High Sparrow, that he kind of wasn't on board with uh, the whole wanton, you know, he said, you know, the, the, the lands could have been better directed, right? Yeah. It feels like this is something that he wouldn't sanction, this kind of wanton destruction and killing, um, even if people mm-hmm. were guilty. So I wonder if he has been deposed somehow or he's in a prison himself because mm. fanatics, he's not fanatic enough for the fanatics. Yeah, yeah, that's a possibility. I mean, especially with um, what's his name the the dude mixed up with Robert Baratheon, Lancel, uh, Lancel. Yeah, uh, especially with him getting this symbol cut into his head. I know that's kind of just a 
you know, a thematic thing they're doing. Yeah. They're, they're showing, look, these people are fanatic and look how sure. crazy they are. And mm-hmm. they're all getting these symbols. But like he's kind of, if if there's another leader beside the High Sparrow, uh-huh. it felt like him to me. Yeah. Um, well, he's got the, I mean, that's the thing. Like, there's such a thin line. You know, you see anytime these charismatic cult leaders, uh, there's a thin line between being pious and righteous or pious and righteous and mm-hmm. being crazy and power hungry. Yeah. It, it's like what it's you can you can uh, say you're nobody and all that as much as you want. But when someone gives you a lot of power and you've got these people that are willing and wanting to be led. That's a temptation that many people can can withstand. So whether this high spare is just really showing his true true colors and true feelings, or whether like a more extreme element like Lancel is taken over, I, that's good drama. Yeah, I think so. Um, what about Jamie and Braun Roadshow? Loving I thought it, it was fun. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, it's cool to see Braun being a badass. It was cool yeah. to see uh, Jamie get a a kill first kill i think since he lost his hand really i think so yeah uh and it was kind of a funny uh reminds me of will smith from my robot uh little moment where it's like you just when you forgot that he's he doesn't have the real fake hand it's like oh yes yeah. it's, it's surprisingly handy and i think he ha. he forgot it too right yeah like it's he like puts a his reflex. hand up he's just like sure i want to deflect this from my core yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but then it gets stopped that was cool Makes um, me wonder I, why he doesn't have like some kind of buckler or small shield strap. Like I wonder if like he'll learn an, from this. Inspector gadget sort of attachment thing. <laughs> Not an attachment, but like if you you can't do anything with your hand, mm-hmm. uh, and and that, if I was Braun, I'd be like, you can shovel, you can shovel. Like dogs don't, you know, like you. you that's that's a so little. Just get that's a trawl. Yeah, that's a okay. garden trawl. But you get down here with me, you bastard. Um, no, I mean, like, I wonder if he'll learn from this and, like, try to fashion some kind of attachment to where he can't hold it, but he can, like, strap it on or something. Hmm. Because he might as well do something with it. Yeah. I, it's it's much harder to block when it's just a fake hand. Surprised at how bad Jamie is at fighting still with as much yeah. kind of training and stuff that they've they've undergone. But uh, Yeah, I mean, they, they made it a point that, you know, he's not good anymore. Um, no. And, and it, even before this episode, they've made that point, I think. Uh so I don't know what I was expecting there, but it felt right. What'd you um, think of the sand snakes? Yeah, the sand snakes. I I don't know. So apparently, uh, Alara is the mother of these girls. I, I don't know how much backstory I can really go into. That's here, and I don't, I don't know. How, and I don't know how much they're actually um, staying true to the books and how much they're remixing some of these characters because okay. I do think they made it clear that Obara is not her daughter. That's the okay. big. Yeah, uh, spear wielding one that talked about his, uh, Oberyn coming to take her to court from her mother. Yeah. Um. So, and I again, I don't know. The thing is, they're all Oberyn's daughters. Th- okay. And they're that, all that very true. personally loyal to him, and they love their father. And they're all very. I mean, the other thing I think you're supposed to get is they all have kind of different approaches mm-hmm. of honoring his legacy. And, okay. you know, it's like they're uh, – and I, I think that's going to be fun to experience and, and, and play with too. Yeah, I can't remember if the episode actually says that these are the Sand Snakes, but – It doesn't, but like we missed – There's a lot to infer there. I think we we didn't come out and make all the connections because we were wondering if, you know, like uh, if we could divine whether uh, the Sand Snakes were Oberyn's daughter – but someone emailed me and said that no, Ilara said, you know, their father. It's like uh, the Sand Snakes are loyal to their father, and they're with me. 
okay, that's mm-hmm. that pretty much means the sand snakes, <laughs> and it makes sense. You know, they're they're called that because yeah. they're all last name is sand because mm-hmm. they're all bastards, and the snakes because obviously Oberon's the red viper of Dorne. So, okay, very clever. But anyway, um, he's got his own little. Fox Force 5. Uh, apparently, that yeah. sprung from his loins, and I think that's kind of awesome. And they're getting ready to go to war without an army. What that means exactly, I'm not yeah. certain. It yeah. probably means some political maneuvering, some uh, assassinations, perhaps. I don't know. Well, it seems like their plan was pretty clear. They're going to go murder Marcella Bar- uh, Baratheon slash Lannister and provoke a war, which will probably do it. Pro- probably so, yeah. And Jamie's trying to do the same, he, except for he's trying to kidnap <laughs> oh, yeah. and like a commando mission, because I guess if Jamie Lannister did it, that's probably going to provoke a war. Whereas if two McCumble un- unnamed bandits went, it makes actually Dorne look bad, and, mm-hmm. and you know the Lannisters would have some hand in a relationship. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, Cersei can get all self righteous. Oh, yeah. let our daughter escape or be kidnapped or whatever. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, uh, it's uh, uh it, it th- that's pretty fascinating. I like how Dorne is positioned because we got Prince mm-hmm. Dorne counseling reason and caution and patience, and we got the Sand Snakes. And Alara counseling war, and we got Jamie with his commando raid. Very, everything's very precarious and interesting. You know what I think is a bad idea? What? Littlefinger going back to King's Landing. I think this might be the last <laughs> chapter of Littlefinger's story. <laughs> that is mildly interesting, Jim. Uh, we just saw the Sons of the Harpy bust up all of his whorehouses. Well, uh, no, you saw the Faith Militant. The Sons of Harpy, oh, so, sorry, sons of Harpy yes, were yes. busting up Daenerys' not... whorehouses. <laughs> yes, you're right. Uh, the Sparrows is what I meant. Uh, we just saw them do that. That seems like a bad omen for Littlefinger going back there. But well, it... I know that they weren't actually after Littlefinger no, per se. No, no. But, man, I can't help but imagine. I also wonder how much of his trouble. money, his like financial base, is all wrapped up in that. So he might be wanting to come back anyway. Um, I'm very curious to see what Cersei wants to say to him. Yeah, what that note was all about. Yeah, like I still can't figure that out. And I'm also, I'm nervous about Littlefinger leaving Sansa without any protection there. But yeah. she seems, that scene in the crypt is another fantastic character uh, piece. And mm-hmm. uh, what did you make of that whole speech about Lyanna Stark, um, et cetera? I mean, it, it seemed to me, you know, it's just uh, talking her into what he's got to go do and what she's supposed to do. I mean, okay. I I feel like this is still part of Littlefinger's plan, uh-huh. obviously. Um, Sansa is mostly on board with Littlefinger at this point. But what are we supposed to take away from the story about the tourney at Harrenhal and, you know, him passing? I mean... I don't know. Okay. For an instant cast, I have no fucking idea. Gotcha. All right. Um, I'll have to go. I don't even recall most of that scene. Okay. So. What else... Do we want to talk about Sansa? Because it seems like he set her up into a win-win situation. Like, either Lannister... Kind of, unless he, she's killed in the battle. <laughs> that's the thing I was thinking the whole time. It's like, you know... <laughs> there's going there's catapults you... get uh-huh. start getting launched, and scorpions, and all that stuff. Like, people die. People die in war. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the Boltons could just do it for being bloody-minded. But, and it's the one option they don't consider in that conversation, which makes me worry. But I think – you think that's because Sansa is inexperienced and naive enough? But, but she lived through the potential sack of King's Landing where mm-hmm. Cersei and Shay and everybody was like, well, you got the poison wine ready, girls. Like we're you know we're ready to go down with the ship. I, I feel like that she should be a little bit more concerned about that. I think so too. And I think it's – it might be a little bit of misdirection. Yeah. 
you know, let's bring up these two options. This third one's on the table, but we're not going to talk about it. Sure. I'm a little worried. <laughs> How do you think Tommen's feeling about now? Like, he was on oh, Cloud man. 9 last last uh, episode, uh-huh. and now it's like, oh, God. All these women in my life are driving me crazy. Yeah, he's got to be uh, a little disappointed that Marjorie's going away at this point. She's smart, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, she knows things that are going things and, and are about to happen. What do you think... I? I'm kind of interested in seeing what her grandmother makes of this. Um, yeah, she's definitely the mastermind of yeah. the family. And also, like, is Cersei sending off Mace Tyrell to die? Like, I think so. That yeah. was very ominous because Ma- Sir uh-huh. Marin Trant is kind of like the uh, skulkiest, underhanded of the... I mean, we're supposed to hate him as a King's Guardian, you know? He's okay. the one slapping Sands around. He's the one that's yeah, always... Yeah. Uh, he seems like a bully. Uh, I could just totally see him, Mace Tyrell, befalling a horrible, tragic accident on the way to Bravos. That wouldn't surprise me one bit. And Mace being an idiot makes it kind of funny that he's honored by this, you know. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I, it's it's all out war on Marjorie at this that, point. That was like, interesting... I knew that last episode's, you know, cowing to Marjorie was not legitimate it it was a ruse there's a lot of interesting parallels in this uh cersei's small council growing smaller by her design daenerys's mm-hmm. small council growing smaller because of attrition mm-hmm. uh you know melisandre talking about the power in Jon snow's blood and her wanting to suck it out with oh, vagina magic god and then uh you know essentially Littlefinger giving the same speech to sansa uh and he kissed her full on the lips and she said something significant. Like the next time you see me, I suppose I'll be a married woman. Mm -hmm. And then they had like an enigmatic look between the two, which is, you know, that's that Mm. the whole relationship is fucking weird anyway. It is. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, there's a, I, I I had a couple more in mind about the, the, um, you know, symmetries and stuff we're seeing. And I, I can't recall them. I'll have them for the full cast, but I, I, I thought there was a lot of really nice uh, symbol, symbolic and practical uh, symmetries in this episode. And, and just a lot happened. I mean, I feel like I watched two episodes mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones as much stuff actually happened after the last few kind of slower episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a good episode. You think Danny's any closer to opening up those pits? Man. I mean, she seems pretty... I, I think she is. I mean, I don't know why they would keep going back to this well if they weren't going to deal with it. Um in some way the thing is now it's like it's the thing with the sons of harpies is i feel like that she's going to be even more stiff-necked because now it's like you've got the element of cave she already finds a person distasteful and immoral and now you got the element of we don't negotiate with terrorists yeah so but you know she's also lost kind of her two advisors that would probably be i mean because obviously uh dario doesn't give a shit he's no he wants them back open yeah uh you know the lorak is all pro pit. Yeah. So if, if she in killed fact, the slave who wasn't, if in fact, <laughs> sell me and, uh, you know, gray worm are dead, then there might be <laughs> no breaks on this train anymore. Yeah. Could be, could be, I don't know. I, I like this episode. I thought it was good. I'll have a lot more to say about it in the full yeah. cast. Anything else where you got to get out? out no, of your system? I don't think so. All right. Uh, actually, no, one more thing. Oh, you know, I didn't realize how angry Jamie was at, Tyrion killing Tywin. Yes. Last season when it happened, I I thought maybe it was even part of the plan. I didn't realize how angry Jamie would be about that. Where do you think the anger is from? Do you think it's from a, a, a 
it's direct love for his father? Do you think it's more born out of the consequences that now – I mean the statement that his preferred way to die is in the arms of his – the woman he loves, which clearly is his sister still. Yeah. And you know, Braun asking the relevant question, does she feel the same way? I wonder how much Jamie is pegging this turn on their relationship to on Tyrion when it seems to me that ship had already sailed I even thought so before too. this. So I, I was oh, just yeah. wondering how much of that is he fucked up <laughs> – uh, this is a good thing I had going with my sister, or I loved my father, or I, I thought match it, of both. No, I really thought it was that he loved his father a lot more than we would have guessed. That's yeah. Uh, you know, there was nothing in their relationship. It, it was a somewhat antagonistic relationship for a long time, but you know that doesn't preclude the idea that they loved each other. Well, and, and I yeah. know Tywin was kind of more in love with his legacy, right? To to a certain degree, but. I think Jamie probably respected his father a lot and, sure. and and definitely loved him. And I was just surprised to see that coming through so much. And I think, you know, that goes back to the season one where Tywin's butchering that deer and they're having us talk about Jamie needing to grow up, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of it is that Jamie kind of lived his life thinking his father's always going to be there. And, you know, as his father got older... Of course, I'll settle down and I'll, you know, learn statesmanship and diplomacy and all that stuff. But now his father's gone potentially decades before anyone expected him to. And now it's all on him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, this this mission to Dorne, the suicide mission to Dorne seems entirely focused on trying to rekindle things with his sister or get back in her good good graces. Mm -hmm. And also, I think he's got starting to have some complicated feelings about being a father. Okay, I you can know, see that. Um, th- this reality of, of... Maybe the killing of his children is having an effect on him as well. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. And it's it's starting to... This dawning realization of, oh, I'm responsible for all this. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. That's it. Okay. Well, we'll have our full cast ready for Tuesday, where we'll have yeah. a lot of your, your feedback. And, of course, a spoiler cast, which will be lively, I'm sure, on Friday. If you'd like to send feedback to either of those, please do so at Game of Thrones at baldmove.com. You can also get on our forums where we helpfully partition the spoiler from the non-spoiler discussions for this show. You can talk book spoilers into one, and if you want to be a show-only watcher and not be spoiled, you can participate in the other. On our forums at forums.baldmove.com, you also can follow along all of our releases on facebook.com slash baldmove and over at Twitter at baldmove. Can't wait. Can't wait to see what people thought about it because, again, uh, you know, times are changing, and this was a really good episode, (laughs) I thought. so. I thought so, too. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.